The Start On Demand. On demand. We got some sad news on Tuesday afternoon. We learned that Canadian comedian Norm Macdonald has died at the age of 61 after a nine-year battle with cancer, a private battle with cancer. So we spoke to the Winnipeg Comedy Festival about Norm Macdonald's legacy, and we celebrated comedy by asking you to tell us a joke. Also, I'll tell you what my voting experience was like and whether or not I stuck to my guns on what I said I was going to do. And are you making more or less than last year? Because a new survey on salaries says they're expected to go up in 2022 at the fastest pace in five years. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, September 15th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. And I must say thank you, Greg and Loren, for being cool with me taking a couple of days off because uh, it turned out to be an exceptionally wise (laughs) decision on my part to do that. I was just thinking you're coming out of the gates, like rapid fire speech. I was like, he's ramped up. He's had some days off. Welcome back, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Monday. So I, I took part in a golf tournament on Monday. At Larders, and I've been to golf tournaments after work before, but this was the King's Head Pub Golf Tournament, and I just thought, you know what? Knowing those guys, I suspect I might need a day <laughs> to recover. And uh, <laughs> I, I, so we, we, I got to the pub at nine thirty on Monday morning, sitting at the bar with some of the guys, and then we hop a bus. They got some buses to bring us to the golf course. Uh, we were there at the course, I think, until about 6, 6.30, and then we went back to the pub. And I think it was around 9.30 where I kind of thought, I think I'm teetering on the edge of, like, I'm about to make some bad decisions, <laughs> so I better get out of here. But I got home, immediately fell asleep on the couch. I slept 12 of the following 13 hours well from when done. I got home. So. Champion. <laughs> I think Lady Gaga calls that the edge of glory. That's where you were. <laughs> you just made a decision to uh, make a U-turn or a left turn and and not go straight ahead with that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm, 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 and I'm glad because that I, if I if I'd stayed for even another ten minutes, uh, probably would have been bad scene for me. So good at you're least growing up. I'm growing up, Loren. Oh, what just it's such you know wake up in the morning you're like I feel okay. Wow, I drank some water before I went to bed. I had a nice. <laughs> Stomach landing piece of toast. Got twelve hours. I'm an adult. Yeah, although I did find uh, when I woke up, I, <laughs> I probably shouldn't share this, but whatever. I woke up and found an unru- an open block of cheese just sitting on the counter. <laughs> so I thought, I don't know what I did with that when I got home. I guess I took a bite of cheese and went and took a nap. But um, I was told, uh, and I, as I'm turning forty four next week, somebody at the pub told me they, like they thought I was maybe thirty five. So that made my week. Oh. You ever get comments like that, uh, you guys, where someone says, no. thinks you look young? No, Loren? You look thinner in person. You know, those kinds of things. That's what I get. <laughs> <laughs> Mackling? No comment. No? No. Okay. No comment. Because I was surprised when you told me how old you are. I remember that. Oh, okay. Well, has that continued? Though? Yeah. Yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, then that's very kind. 
Yep. I did have somebody say actually something along those lines on Saturday, but it was uh, alcohol-induced, so I'm not uh, taking it. Uh, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I just uh, met some. <laughs> I can't share this story on the air. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to just deflect and, and move on to something else, please. Okay. Well, your experience, Brett, reminds me of a joke, Zach, you know, the Between Two Ferns guys? Yep. Uh, Zach Galifianakis. Sorry, I'm saying that right? Yep. He had a joke or line a couple years ago I heard where he said, I realized I was growing up the other day while sitting inside my fort. <laughs> I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> like, you know, you're just sitting there playing along. You're like, I'm really growing up, you know. And that's what you did on, on the golf tournament day. <laughs> so thanks again for uh, letting me take a couple of days off. Happy to be back. And uh, Tim is texting us a traffic reporter. He says the light standard's down southbound King Edward at Notre Dame. And uh, Tim has already called Three one one. Tim has also uh, sent. I probably shouldn't identify the writing because I don't want to out Tim. But uh, he sent us a picture of his ballot. Isn't uh, isn't that a no no? I thought it was no cameras in the yeah, uh, the no voting cameras. stations. No cameras. Okay. No I thought I thought it was a marked ballot that you couldn't take a picture of. No, oh, you're not allowed. Well, my polling station had a sign up saying no pictures inside polling station, which is why people's voting pictures are, you know, like outside or with their voting sticker if you ever get one. There are, there is always one at advanced times that like media are allowed in on, but I don't think you're supposed to, but whatever. His photo is of a 21 candidate (laughs) ballot uh, in St. Boniface. And yeah, there's a lot of choices out there. Not always palatable for everybody. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in our next segment because it's a dead heat as we approach next week. And at uh, 7.07, we're going to speak with uh, uh, an independent running in conservative territory, Greg. You know, why? And ask the question, why bother running if you know you can't win? Well, you know, we've had this discussion about why bother voting or why not uh, do something other than pick the lesser of three or four or five or 21 evils, as is the case in, say, Boniface. Um, why not uh, a none of the above option, or uh, I don't want to vote for any of these uh, individuals. Uh, Rick Lowen is running in Provence as an independent. We'll ask him exactly that question. Why are you bothering? And I think it's uh, just an I- indication of the commitment some people have to the democratic process and, and having their voice heard. So uh, I'll be fascinated to hear uh, Rick's uh, answer to that question. And as well, of course, we must discuss the news that, Greg, you shared with us. I think it was right around 2 o'clock yesterday when I first learned uh, that Norm MacDonald, comedian Norm MacDonald, has died at the age of 61. Yeah, a lot of people know him from Saturday Night Live. He had a four, almost five-year stint as the host of Weekend Update on SNL. He eventually did some guest spot stuff. I I, I don't know if uh, Loren, like, sort of under the radar would describe best Norm MacDonald over the last couple of decades. He's an acquired taste for some people. I absolutely adored him, his intelligence, and the way he approached things, his deadpan approach was outstanding. I rewatched uh, yesterday his Comedians in Cars having coffee with Jerry mm-hmm. Seinfeld, and I laughed through the entire thing where I'm not exactly sure he said that many things that were exactly funny to was, a lot of people. That was his thing. At 637, we're going to play what's been circulated on social media or and been dubbed for years, the moth joke. I watched it again yesterday, and it's four, some four minutes, I think, Brett. Yep. And I... It's the, 
I don't hang around for video for long. Like I, if I'm halfway through a chapter of a book and I don't like it, I'm done. You know, if I'm three minutes into a movie and it's not speaking to me, forget it. You're off. <laughs> this video is playing and I'm like, where is this joke going? And Norm MacDonald, you just want, you're like, he's kind of almost cracking a smile and he's got that look on his face that says, stay with me. You're going to like this. And you get to the end and you're so happy that you did, even though in some ways it was a four minute waste of your time, if that makes any sense. And the whole thing, I was giddy with like, oh boy, this is such a Loren joke. It is such a Loren joke. I love it so much. Right now we want to talk about how it was right around 2 p.m. yesterday when I learned the news. Uh, courtesy of Greg, who texted us just saying, no, shared a tweet revealing the news that Canadian comedian Norm Macdonald has died at the age of 61 after a private battle with cancer. Yeah, his fans, his fans flooded social media with their favorite moments from his career, such as when he played Burt Reynolds, also known as, <laughs> call me Turd Ferguson, on Celebrity Jeopardy. But there was another moment that was probably the most shared, Loren. Yeah, and I rewatched this again yesterday. A few years back, Norm Macdonald appeared on Conan O'Brien's show, and he told a long, meandering, ridiculous joke. I urge everyone to stay with this one because it has a hilariously simple punchline. It's come to be known as the moth joke. You get in the car, and what happens? Uh, my driver tells me a joke. <laughs> The driver we said to pick you up told you a joke. Yeah. And you're going to tell it now on the show. Yeah, that's how I get a lot of my material. <laughs> okay. Why don't we just have him on next time? Uh, that guy. You, no, that guy. No, wait till you hear me do it. <laughs> so the guy, he goes, uh, uh -huh. he, uh, I say, uh, I'll be the guy. Okay. Uh, a moth. <laughs> a moth goes into a podiatrist's office. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office. Right? You are correct. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office, mm -hmm. and uh, the podiatrist's office says, what's the problem? And the moth says, what's the problem? Where do I begin, man? He goes, I go to work for uh, Gregory Olinovich, and uh, all day long I work. <laughs> Honestly, Doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even know if Gregory Olinovich knows. He only knows that he has power over me. And that seems to bring him happiness. But I don't know. I wake up in a malaise and I, I walk here and there. And the podiatrist says, oh, yeah? And the moth goes, yes. And he goes, uh, at night I, I sometimes wake up and I turn to some old lady in my bed that's on my arm. A lady that I once loved, Doc. I, I don't know where to turn to. My youngest, Alexandria. She fell in the, in, the, in the cold of last year. Mm -hmm. The cold took her down as it did many of us. <laughs> and my other boy... <laughs> and this is the hardest pill to swallow, Doc. My other boy, Gregario <laughs> Ivanolitovich. I no longer love him. <laughs> As much as it pains me to say, when I look in his eyes, all I see is the same cowardice that I, that I catch when I take a glimpse of my own face in the mirror. If only the cowardice was stronger, then perhaps... 
Perhaps I could bring myself to reach over to that cocked and loaded gun that lays on the bedside behind me. And then this hellish facade once How long a drive was this? <laughs> do you live in the valley? Where do you live? Please, sorry. He says, Doc. Sometimes I feel like a spider, even though I'm a moth. Just barely hanging on to my web with an everlasting fire underneath me. I'm not feeling good. And so the, moss, the, the doctor says, Moth, man, you're troubled. But you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here? And then the moth said, because the light was on. <laughs> That shouldn't be funny. Oh, it is funny. It's so good. It shouldn't be, though, but it is. My congratulations to anyone who stuck it through to the end. <laughs> so, so Norm. What? <laughs> what? We're pretty much out of time. I tears on my face right now. He's so the genius of that is it's just because it's so the commitment to yep. the ridiculousness of it. He there I watched another joke. If you just look up uh, Quebec joke, he tells a joke about this guy from Quebec, um, and it involves a story from SeaWorld, and it's all, I think that the, the, the title on the YouTube video was Norm MacDonald Tells the Longest, Most Convoluted Joke. I guess that was his thing on late night talk shows. He would just tell these ridiculous long jokes that have stupid punchlines to the point where Conan and, and Andy were yelling at him like, come on, that's it? <laughs> Did you, I read a quote from Andy. Uh, it was, I think, it was in Time yesterday, where he said, "It's like someone saying, hey, I got to show you something,' and then they take you on a four-mile hike to show you a dog turd." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "What? This is but, what I, this is what I came for?" But the commitment, and that's the thing. He had the commitment. He was always in. And if you were prepared to jump in with both feet with him, there was a payoff. And as Conan said, "Congratulations to anyone who stuck around for that," because if you went all in. That payoff typically was uh, eye-watering laughter. And uh, God bless you, Norm. I'm going to miss you. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb. Hey, reminder, it's Wednesday at 8.37. We're talking to Hal Anderson, and he's got a big announcement for us, for you. But now we want to continue to chat about Norm Macdonald. What in the... Burt Reynolds, what are you doing here? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not my name. Oh. All right, Turd Ferguson. Uh, sorry I'm late, I uh, had to pick up my podium from the, from the grass. Well, you're not late, you weren't invited. Celebrity Jeopardy, Norm MacDonald right. as Burt Reynolds, one of the great, uh, it was Burt Reynolds and Sean Connery, easily the two best characters <laughs> in that. And of course, Will Ferrell as, uh, as an <laughs> increasingly angry. As Trebek. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we want to celebrate comedy. So we're just asking you quite simply, 
to tell us a joke at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win two tickets for the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony featuring the new sounds at the Centennial Concert Hall running September 18th to 19th. And the tickets are for the show on the 19th. So let's go around the horn here. And if you can't tell jokes... Then maybe explain why or explain what happens. Or maybe there's a time where you tried to tell a joke and you just botched it. I don't know. Because I, I cannot tell jokes. I just don't have the recall for them. Especially if it's a long, convoluted one. I just I, I trip over myself trying to remember the details and I end up blowing the whole thing. So unless I come up with something really simple, uh, I don't even try. I just cannot do it. So I have... Lots of respect for those who can. Like Jeff Braun, for example, you're one of the wittiest guys I know. You're always cracking wise. Yes, but those aren't jokes. That's just being funny. So it's not actually a joke. But I did come up with a joke, and it is a short one. You should be able to remember this one, Brett. Did you hear about the new restaurant called Karma? There's no menu. You just get what you deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Wonderful. (laughs) When do they open? Uh, they're always open. Always open. When you least expect it. <laughs> there you that? go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, what about you, uh, Mr. Poitras? Uh, well, this this one recently made me laugh. Uh, and Forche here, play along with this one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Kanga. Kanga who? <laughs> Actually, it's kangaroo. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me laugh. I heard that one like... Last week, it is so stupid, buddy. <laughs> I think it's funny. After I said I knew it was coming, that's why I giggled. <laughs> uh, what about you, Loren? Oh, okay. Well, I have a joke about time travel, but I'm not going to share it because you guys didn't like it. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Come on, that took too long. Three, two, one. No, it's just too intelligent for all of us. Well done. Well played. Uh, Mackling, what about you? Well, mine's a little longer. It's not nearly as long as the moth joke, but it's from Jimmy Stewart. He told this joke on The Tonight Show, and it's one that I use if I'm emceeing a, a golf tournament, and, and I'll use it once uh, every once in a while. And a couple by the name of John and Margaret, they're having breakfast one morning. And Margaret looks at John and says, John, I'd like to ask you a question. Sure, honey, says John. What would you like to know? Well, if I died, would you remarry? Margaret, that's crazy. Why would anyone ask such a question? Let's talk about something else. But John, I'd really like to know, would you remarry if I died? Honey, that's crazy talk. I'm simply not going to answer such a silly question. But Margaret persisted, and eventually John grew frustrated with her. Okay, Margaret, okay, okay, have it your way. Here's what I would probably do. I reckon I'd wait a while, but eventually I would remarry. There. Now, are you satisfied? Thank you, John, Margaret said. After a little while, Margaret says, John, if I died and you remarried, would you sell the house? John thought about it and said, no, no, I don't think I'd sell the house. I like it here. There's no reason for me to sell it. But John, Margaret said, if I died and you remarried, would you sell our bed? Well, Margaret, I've actually never thought about that. But, you know, just off the top of my head, I would have to say, no, I really like our bed. So, no, I would not sell the bed. But, John, what about my golf clubs? You wouldn't let her use my golf clubs, would you? Why, Margaret, of course not. What kind of question is that? What kind of person do you think I am? I wouldn't dream of letting her use your golf clubs. Besides, she's left-handed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chris telling us a joke here The joke that kills my five-year-old every time 
What's orange and sounds like a parrot? A carrot. <laughs> oh. See, these are the, these are the kind of jokes I like. <laughs> yeah, like Chris says, his laughter uh, makes the lameness of the joke a thousand <laughs> times better. And by the way, uh, if you send us a joke, don't just send the opening line like we've had a few people say, say, knock, knock. We've had a few ask the question, but don't wait for us to reply. Just give us the punchline because because uh, if we got to reply, I don't know, every every single time that we're, we're not going to be able to reply to all of them. So just no. tell us the joke, ask the question, give us the punchline. Um, like uh, this one here, Loren also made me laugh. Trucker Mike says, what do you call three white horses falling in the mud? Any guesses? No. Anybody? Dirty joke? It's on the boat of zebra. The, the, the answer is dirty. What do you call three white horses falling in the mud? Dirty. <laughs> because they fell in the mud. Uh, why, did little Susie, why did little Susie fall off the swing? I don't know. She didn't have any arms. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's true. I don't like that one. <laughs> I like them to be cheesy and kind. Stop it, Forte. <laughs> like, really I encourage him, Jeff. Oh, yes. That was the best joke at camp in Kenora. Steve, oh, when you were a killed, kid. That killed it when I was 11. Steve says... Uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's my joke. <laughs> Greg, come on. You must like that. Great job with the smile cookies, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yes. Uh, hate. <laughs> laughter. Uh, joke. Yes, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I, I like that a lot. Don says, two DJs walked into a bar. You'd think one of them would have seen it. <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't. They walked, they walked, into the, the they walked right into the bar. Horse, oh. horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, buddy, why the long face? No. I threw a boomerang two years ago. Now I live in constant fear. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's not bad. So tell us the joke at 204 780. when you think they're funny and no one else does. <laughs> 204 780 Chance to win tickets. <laughs> What do you got? Daryl, our neighbors have twins, them all in one. Cute kids, but their mother only carries a picture of one of them with her. When I asked why is that, she said, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Oh! No! <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, we're asking you to tell us a joke at 204-780-6868. Paula says, and Loren, I think you'll like this one. What do you call a cow? That's just given birth, decaffeinated. Yeah. I do, Paula. Short and sweet, cheesy. I dig it. Chance to win two tickets to see Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony featuring the new sounds at the Centennial Concert Hall this weekend. The show is on Sunday, and we're asking you to tell us a joke because we're celebrating comedy today after the passing of Norm MacDonald at 61. Such a gifted comedian, funny guy. A lot of people enjoying uh, revisiting some of his best work over the last several decades. Uh, he was a gift to us all. In the meantime, in many of Manitoba's federal ridings, you will find there are candidates representing parties other than the ones featured in the federal debates. Yeah, in St. Boniface, so there were no less than 21 candidates representing seven different parties of some description. The rest of the candidates are running as independents. Many of the people who run in any election do so knowing, really going into it, that they have very little chance of winning. However, there's clearly something that compels people to enter the race and to ask for your vote, Greg. Well, our next guest 
is the former co-host of the legendary TV show Two Sports Guys. He was a part of the CBC production called The Making of a, Pol- a Political Animal back in 2003. He's been a stand-up comedian, radio talk show host, and he has a background in the restaurant industry. We say good morning and welcome to Rick Lowen, who is running as an independent candidate in the riding of Provence. How are you, Rick? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Great to connect with you. And uh, some may ask, uh, what on earth are you doing? I, I, I would be in that category, running in a riding where you have zero chance of winning. What do you say to that? Well, first of all, my 18-year-old son would say, hey, listen, if you manifest it and you persevere, there's always a chance. So let's not get carried away. There's no chance. There's very little chance that I can win. So having said that... uh yeah, no, uh, the incumbent, Ted Falk, the conservative, uh, has a pretty good chance. I think he won 66% of the vote last election. And uh, so, there, yeah, there's very little chance that I could win. But still, you know, uh, you know, if you bitch enough about politics, maybe sometime <laughs> at some point it's time to put your money where your mouth is and do something about it, right? So is that the case, Rick? You got to a point where you just some, at some point in the last five weeks, or was it before that where you said, I don't like what I'm seeing here, I want to throw my name in, or at the very least you're thinking, well, I can't keep complaining if I don't try to do something about it? Yeah, I think both those things, actually. It wasn't when I've been five weeks ago. I, I, I mean, when was the last election? Like six months ago or something? I mean, <laughs> no, no, it was two years 2019, ago. 2019, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I already thought of it then. I've been mulling it around, and, you know, you kind of, threatened to do it and your family goes yeah whatever whatever dad or you know whatever but but this time there was there was yeah especially the community well i mean everyone has you know the, the country is quite polarized anyway but yeah there was just lots of talk and circles and stuff and sometimes you know at some point it was like yeah let's just throw a hat in the ring and get involved and just see the, the process for one thing it's very fascinating the process being a candidate it's very neat and uh neat <laughs> how old am i it's really neato uh, to to run in the election, but it, yeah, it was just. And then the, the, the whole vaccination thing—the fact that thirty-three percent of the candidates in my riding don't believe in science—really galled me. So there was there were probably quite a few things that sort of, you know, led up to me deciding to throw my hat in the ring. So we've had several discussions about you know genuine lack of choice in elections. So how do you how do we energize the election process? Well, I mean, yeah, that's a great. I mean, first of all, there there is not much energy now because we had an election two years ago, and you know, obviously, we didn't. You didn't want to get too much into the issues, and that's fine. I don't think anyone really wanted an election two years later. Um, so, boy, to energize it every two years, I think that's a, a fool's errand. I don't think that's going to happen. So. Um, yeah, in this particular case, there's not much. <laughs> I find talking to people, there's just not much appetite for an election at all. So I don't know how to answer your question in the short term. In the long term, you know, so many people tell me, oh, you know what, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for this person. And I think that's kind of a sad commentary, too, on on where we've gotten in, in for whom we vote. So uh, how to energize it? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I would like to think more candidates like me, but that's maybe too much hubris. So. It might be the case, though, Rick. And I, I'm curious: ha, Have you been out actively campaigning in the in the riding? And other than people voicing their disdain for the fact that we're going to the polls at all, what's what's the feedback been? And how are you being greeted by voters in the riding? Are they are they listening? Are they engaging? Uh, well, first of all, I say I don't knock on doors; I knock on hearts. 
Um, so that was one of my campaign, one of my campaign slogans, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I don't have a budget nor the time. I'm a full-time foster dad. So I don't really have, uh, um, necessarily the time to go door to door. And Provence is such a huge riding, uh, you know, it's so spread out. You can't really walk around. You could walk around in some of the bigger, like Steinbach or whatever, in some of the bigger, uh, uh, uh urban areas. But, um, but certainly talking to people just, just in my everyday life and, you know, handing out, I have, I have a bit of a budget, so I put up some signs and you engage in people. And people are, are genuinely excited, even if, except the real crazies, uh, even people that are the polar opposite uh, with regard to my views uh, are, are excited for me. They go, way to go, at least you're doing something, which is exactly how I would feel if someone from another party that I didn't, uh, you know, agree with was running, it's like, at least you're doing something. So I get a sense that uh, people are, are 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 glad that I'm at least doing something. You know, you get a lot of, oh, man, I, you know, I wish I had the balls to do that, or I wish I, I wish I could do that, or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, you could. So, um, I, you know, it, yeah, I get, I get pretty good reaction from people that are generally excited for me. Rick Lowen, running as an independent candidate in the riding of Provence. Rick, thanks so much for coming on to talk to us uh, about this. We appreciate this, and and hey, good for you for taking mm-hmm. a shot. Yeah, thanks, Len. And by the way, I heard your little tribute to Norm Macdonald. You know, years ago I did do stand-up, and I worked with Norm Macdonald at Yuck Yucks in Osborne Village. Some of your listeners will be old enough to remember when there was Yuck Yucks all over the place. But and he And he literally was. Uh, like the nicest guy. I was a nobody MC and he was already established and he was like everyone's, I know it, it's kind of cliche to say it after someone has passed, but he really, really was a really neat guy and a really nice guy to everyone that he met. So I'm glad that you guys are sort of remembering him and honoring him this morning. Well, Rick, thank you very much for that. Uh, we appreciate that. Indeed, we're uh, everywhere I go on social media. I feel like I'm the only person who never got to meet Norm McDonald, Greg, because I see pictures mm-hmm. of all our colleagues Side by side. He was in Norm. Winnipeg uh, quite often and uh, sported uh, Winnipeg Jets regalia on a regular basis. Uh, I'm I'm going with the belief that Norm Macdonald was a Winnipeg Jets fan. So, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, it is uh, something else to see all the pictures, all the people that 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 we know that have met Norm. And I I never met him myself, but uh, great to uh, remember him and great to connect with Rick this morning as well. Wish him tons of luck. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we're asking you to tell us a joke. A 204-780-6868. We're celebrating comedy today after the sad news that Norm Macdonald has died at the age of 61. And I can't even pick. There are so many here. Oh, I don't man. know which one. What do you like, Greg? I like ads. It's very simple. I think you'll like this one, Loren. What do you call a singing laptop? Singing laptop? Yep. Nope. Don't Adele. Know. Oh! <laughs> See? The short punchline is so good. Did you guys hear what happened to the person who invented the knock knock joke? No. They won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> uh, that just came from a listener now. I don't know their name. It's not in our system, but let me know because that one is good. There's one here about a uh, guy goes to his a doctor, says, uh, Doc, I'm addicted. I think I'm addicted to Twitter. The doctor says, Sorry, I, I don't follow you. Oh, look at that. Uh, keep them coming at 204-780-6868. Jake says, how do you track Will Smith in the snow? 
you follow the fresh prints. Yes. <laughs> well done. Outstanding. <laughs> Um, yeah, see, th- these are good. And I, this, uh, I said, I can't tell jokes. I can't even remember these these simple ones, right? I just there's there's a for whatever reason when I re- when I require that kind of instant recall for something, it's buried in there, but I just can't draw it up. So for those like we're just getting hammered with text mm-hmm. messages this morning, and I'm, we're all thankful because the laughs are good. I think Loren just caught another one. <laughs> I can't. I'm just like. <laughs> I don't even know if I get. Okay, I. Uh, all right, sorry. I know I'm not going to read this one. I got halfway through it and I was like, nope. I don't know if I should do that. It's a. Uh, it's a dirty. It's literally a dirty joke. Okay. So. Oh, I got to find it then. Uh, in okay. The mean- how about this kid's joke? Why do ducks have feathers? To cover the butt quacks. <laughs> That's cute. Greg, Greg's shaking his head. He's like, ah, oh, I don't like that. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, an absolute tsunami of great jokes at 204-780-6868. We've got tickets to see the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra this weekend presenting Bluegrass Symphony featuring the new sounds at the Centennial Concert Hall. And in the wake of the death of Norm Macdonald, we're asking you to tell us a joke so we can celebrate comedy. Uh, like, And lots of great groaners here, like Alex, who says, My joints hurt daily at 8.50. I went to the doctor. She said I have... Ten to nineness. Oh no! <laughs> instead, of, instead of ten to nineness. Yeah, got it. <laughs> but Greg, I know you're a big fan of Lance's joke. I am. I think most of us know and remember uh, with some fondness the tickle me elbow. And a lady applied for a job at the factory where they were making the tickle me elmo, and they started her off easy at the end of the assembly line, just before the packaging. Supers found the line was backing up at her station. They went to check found out this lady sewing two marbles between Elmo's legs. They went away laughing to themselves and relayed what they saw to the HR department. HR came down to the to the lady and to her station confronter and said, uh, you know, what's the thing what's like what's going on here? HR said we believe you misunderstood your job descri- description as you're sewing marbles between Elmo's legs. <laughs> We told you it was to give Elmo two test tickles. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's great, Lance. Thank you very much to all who are sharing your jokes, and we are going to share more of them throughout the morning and then give away those tickets at 9.15. And then uh, coming up after Global News at 8 o'clock, Loren, we're talking salaries. Yeah, so there's a new survey out this morning about what you can maybe expect. doesn't apply to everyone, but where salaries are going in the year ahead. A lot of people had their salaries frozen throughout this pandemic. Is there a shift to bringing some money back to people? And where does inflation rank in? And I'd love to hear from listeners on this one. Has your salary actually increased year over year? And has it actually kept up with the cost of just li- living? Let us know. 780-6868. And our question of the day at cjob.com has to do with just that. It's for Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Are you making more or less money than last year? And your options are more, less, about the same. It's like going to the optometrist. Which one's better? Is this, is this better or worse? More, less, or the same? Uh, cast your vote at cjob.com. Uh, we've also put that on uh, 
Instagram, and we'll get that on Twitter as well, at 680CJOB. In the meantime, right now we want to talk about the election, and specifically as it pertains to voting. Um, so I went, Ren, I saw on the schedule, you went to vote in the advance polling? Yeah, I went Monday, and it was pretty simple. About 30 minutes it took me because I was in a smaller polling station, so you couldn't put a lot of people in there. But yeah, it was easy peasy. Yeah, same for me. I went on Sunday. I, I, I first got to say the advance poll, like thank you to all involved in those advance uh, polling stations because it was so easy like to have the option to go one out of four days between 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And when I saw, when I got the card, I was excited because the advance station was closer to my home than the election day station. Like it was at four-minute walk for me. I live on uh, at the Evergreen Towers on Osborne, and it was at the Augustine Church just off of River, east of Osborne. So it was like, yeah, there's. I have no excuse not to, to participate in this. So I went down there, and I got the ballot, and everybody was super friendly. I was in and out, I think, in, I don't know, five minutes. There were a couple people in front of me, and but when I left, there were three or four people waiting. So there was kind of a steady stream. And um, and I stuck to my guns. I did what I said I was pretty much going to do. Uh, I just wasn't entirely sure what I was going to write. I was either go- wavering between I vote for no one or I vote for Darth Vader. And as it turns out, Don sent us a picture, an election sign on the lawn saying, I vote for Darth Vader. Galactic peace can be achieved through the Empire or something like that. But uh, I looked at the, the ballot I thought, should I just vote for somebody, vote for an independent? And I said, no. I said, I'm not going to vote in this election out of protest. And I wrote, I, I wrote, this election is a joke. I vote for no one. And just put a big X in the rest of the space. Handed it back. They pulled off the tab. I put it in the ballot box. And away I went. So I know a lot of people disagree with me on that. Um, and that, Loren, actually, there is, you got a, a great text message with some, some food, which did give me food for thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask first for you is that um, I do not. I think this election is a joke. Was it the do none of the above op- option for you about the fact that you didn't want the election, not necessarily even about the candidates or the parties, but just I don't even want to be voting, period. Yeah, see, that, that's the main reason. I think this election is a joke. It's a power play. It's a waste of time. And it's all it's done. The, for, as far as I'm concerned, is the only thing this election has accomplished is it's just added to the, the division in this country. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of helped to fuel the already existing division and anger. And now it's coming at us from the political sides as well. So I am just angry that this election is even happening. Nothing against the candidates. I just decided I this is how I'm going to participate. I'm going to go down there and effectively not participate. Yeah, so your vote still gets counted in that spoiled section, which in, which again gets added up with how many ballots are spo- spoiled versus how many people didn't vote. So I'd say that's still, you know, that's you making your statement whether people like it or not. I just wanted to clarify that because, you know, it's it's not a none of the, bu- of the above per se. It's just like, I don't even want to be here if I'm framing that correctly. And so I got a great text from one of our listeners who wrote to say, hey, I heard you guys talking about why they might not choose to vote the other day by not liking any of the choices. My mom would sometimes go and vote, but register a non-vote to express her displeasure. That is a thing you can do. But just now, she says, I saw this quote, and I think it could be worthwhile bringing up as a rebuttal. So that came from Stacy, and she shared a tweet from uh, a fellow on Twitter called Muhammad Safad, Safa, and he tweeted, best voting advice. Voting isn't marriage. It's public transport. You're not waiting for the one. You're waiting. You're getting on the bus. 
And if there isn't one going to your destination, you don't stay home and sulk. You take the one that's going closest to where you want to be. I thought that was pretty, it's, it's true. You don't, you're not always getting to where you want to go, but you might get close to where you want to go. And it's not, and it's a great point too. You're not marrying this person and having to go in and say, why is your toothpaste all over the sink? You know, (laughs) you're not with them every single day. And I thought that was a pretty decent analogy. Yeah, I would agree with that analogy as well. And uh, it is one probably that I will run over in my head a couple different times as I decide who to vote for. I would consider myself in the undecided uh, pile. And uh, Brett, uh, before we move on uh, from this, I want to suggest that instead of Darth Vader, you should have voted for Rick Astley. (laughs) There is a movement out there. You know, he'll (laughs) never give you up. It'll never let you down. Yeah. Never, yeah, you know the rest of that. Um, we did get an email yesterday as a response to our story that we did when we visited with Emmanuel Davis. Uh, he's a Canadian living in Liberia. He's from Steinbach, in fact. He's doing missionary work there with his wife, and he shared his story of paying sixty-six U.S. dollars to ensure his ballot made it to Ottawa in time to be counted in Monday's election. And that story caught the attention of another Manitoban living abroad. Overnight, we we received this email. My name is Shannon Larkin, and I was just uh, living outside of Oak Bank before I moved to Australia. I saw the news article on the cost of mailing in a ballot from Africa. I had a chuckle because it cost me 114 Australian dollars to get mine shipped to Canada in time. Again, it comes down to short notice and shipping delays due to COVID. Australia Post could not get my ballot to Ottawa by the cutoff day, so I had to go through DHL, which was a massive headache. I live in the state of Victoria outside a town called Broadford, and we've been in six hard lockdowns. This election is far too important not to have my voice heard. So there's some extreme commitment from two different continents that we've featured in the last two days, Brett. Yeah, that's great stuff. Good for for you guys. So thank you for sharing that as well uh, to Shannon and Emmanuel. So you can weigh in at 204-780-6868, your experience on the voting. Uh, If you went to an advanced poll, how did that go? Are you waiting for election day? And here comes some Rick Astley. (laughs) I did see the, the memes going around on social media and I had a good laugh. I mean, it's tough to tough to argue, Greg, with that platform, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it, the, the promises are broad enough yep. and specific enough at the same time that, that it might draw you to candidate Astley. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to see if he's on the ballot in my area. <laughs> How many uh, candidates were on your ballot, by the way, Lorena? I think I had seven. I think mine was seven as well, to be honest with you. And it was... Um, I live in an area where there was just not a lot of activity. I didn't get a single person at my door, not one pamphlet dropped off. Me neither. There was a lot of signs, but not even signs on people's lawns. Like It was like no one was going to homes, which I get, pandemic, but just signs in boulevards and ditches and that kind of thing. And so I had to do a bit of research going in. Um, and even as I voted, I wasn't necessarily happy. By the way, Bonnie has texted, texted to say that she has worked in polls before and that your vote counts as a rejected ballot, not a spo- spoiled ballot. So it still gets counted, but not as I had referenced as spoiled, but still on a list of rejected ballots. Oh, okay. So my That's under- according to Bonnie. Yeah, like my understanding was uh, it all just kind of goes under the one pile, but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bonnie, thank you for weighing in with that. We appreciate it because uh, you can decline it at a provincial level, but not federally. And I think I've done that once before.
Mackling McGarry McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. We are asking you at 204-780-6868 to tell us a joke for a chance to win two tickets for the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony featuring the new sounds at the Centennial Concert Hall. Uh, For example, Vince says, what do you call an alligator in a vest? Mm -hmm. An investigator? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen this uh, barrage of text messages and jokes from Tom? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine him telling him, like, Stephen Wright, like, do you think swimming with sharks is expensive? It cost me an arm and a leg. The car looks nice, but the muffler seems exhausted. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> so keep those coming at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win, and we'll give those tickets away just after 9.15. Reminder that it's Wednesday, 8.37, weekly visit with Hal Anderson, and he's going to have a, there's going to be an announcement in today's visit, a big announcement uh, with Hal. So that's coming up after 8.37. But right now we want to carry on the conversation on whether or not you are making more or less than you did pre-pandemic. Yeah, so today, LifeWorks, which provides well-being solutions in the workplace, they released a survey that shows the annual base salary is set to jump 2.7% in the next year. And so that's an improvement for many, considering that one-third of businesses surveyed reported freezing salaries of their employees during the pandemic. But we also know, as we just spoke about in the last segment, that that inflation is well on the rise. So to talk to us about what we're making or not making, we're joined by Hanan Parson, partner with Compensation Consulting at LifeWorks. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Well, what are we seeing with these increases? Talk us through where they weren't going up and where they are going up now. Yeah, so if you kind of look at the last uh, 18 months, um, in 2020, there were a lot of, uh, of salary freezes happening Um in the Canadian economy, we had, you know, 36% of organizations freezing salaries in 2020. You know, fast forward this year, 12%. And then we're projecting 3.3% in terms of salary freezes uh, for, for, for next year. And, you know, over the last 18 months, a lot of uh, employees haven't been really moving around. Uh, they were kind of trying to wait and see what's happening, uh, you know, in the economy and, and employment situation. But in in, in, in 2021, if I can uh, characterize it as, you know, the great resignation, there's been high turnover uh, and there's this war for talent uh, as employers are, are trying to look for qualified candidates. That's increasing uh, uh, wages and uh, as well, as you mentioned, you know, the rise in, in inflation happening at the same time. And then we also know there is difficulty in some industries of qual- hiring, hiring people period, never mind quality people and individuals we know you just mentioned are looking for other opportunities in the wake of this pandemic. But some of the salary and, and wage increases that we're seeing, is is that long-term or is that just simply a ploy or a tactic to recruit workers right now? Well, you know, the, the million-dollar question is, is inflation uh, that we're seeing uh, transitory in nature or, or, or not. Is it, go, is, is it going to go back down to, you know, the, the, the 2% target that the Bank of Canada uh, has, has kind of stated? Um, you know, it, it's been trending above uh, 3%. So I think the employers are, are forced 
to 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 pay this. So you know, when you look at the economy, there's definitely um, you know certain uh, certain parts of the economy that's doing uh, doing well. Certain sectors, you know, construction, IT, uh, wholesale tr- trade, for instance. And then there's you know the public sector where they've been cash strapped, and you know like healthcare and and uh, educational services and so forth, where the increases are are are, are not as great. So it, it, it's 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 um, it, it, it's not uniform in terms of what's what's happening in in certain sectors. But definitely those uh, hot sectors in the economy they have to pay to to, to get uh, anyone at this point. Yeah, like salaries and wages rarely rise at the same rate as inflation. You know, in the last half hour, we heard the consumer price index rose 4.1% in August on a year-over-year basis. That's the fastest since March of 2003. So what's the concern there with the people you've surveyed? I guess the the biggest concern is that, you know, while, you know, the salary increases uh, um, are there and, and, and there's a decline in organizations that are actually freezing salaries, that's positive, but... Uh, inflation is eating away at those increases. So we, in the past, you've seen salary increases with inflation, you know, around the, two, the, the 2% mark. But now you're seeing the lines converge and intersect. And now inflation has gone uh, soaring past uh, where uh, the salary increases uh, are. So in essence, you know, it looks like you're getting an increase. But in fact, uh, inflation is, is kind of stripping away your, your purchasing power. So it, it, it's... it's, it's, it's um, not the best uh, situation unless uh, inflation um, ticks back down uh, next year. Uh, I guess that's all the time we have. A non-parson partner, Compensation Consulting Life, or Compensation Consulting at LifeWorks. Thank you very much for joining us, Anand. We appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. And we're asking you to tell us at 204-780-6868 to tell us a joke for a chance to win tickets for the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony featuring the new sounds of the Centennial Concert Hall that's running this weekend. The tickets are for Sunday. One listener says, what do you get when you cross an elephant with a gopher? I don't know either, but you should see the holes in my backyard. Oh, boy. My grandpa used to tell me a lot of bad jokes. Uh, there was an elephant one that went like this. Uh, why do elephants paint their toenails red? So they can hide in a strawberry patch. Have you ever seen an elephant in a strawberry patch? Pretty good camouflage, eh? <laughs> and these are all, do these go under the category of dad jokes for the most uh, oh, part? Oh, yes. Nope. A lot of them, yes. Tom, of course, who's been going all morning, just texted, I tell dad jokes, but I don't have any kids. I'm a faux pas. <laughs> well, we had another <laughs> listener saying, what did the, why did the dad joke cross the road to get to the other side? Oh, <laughs> that's good. Yes. And yes. Big Al. Continuing your rivalry, Loren with Nipua says, Big Al, for Loren, have you been to the new Minidosa Zoo? They put a fence around Nipua. Nice. (laughs) No offense, Nipua. You're a nice town. Not as nice as Minidosa. I loved both both visits to Minidosa and Nipua this summer. But if you had to vote? Uh, On which uh, golf Mm -hmm. course? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, whatever. whatever Community is pretty? 
come on, I don't don't know. Do nicer people. I'm going to have to think about that one, Loren. Mm, yeah. come on, None of the Brad. above. Are you going to are you going to spoil the ballot on this one again? <laughs> I will just I'll, I will defer to answer that question. I don't want to oh, answer that question. It's Wednesday. Vote for Darth Vader. <laughs> it's Wednesday. What does that mean? Hello, Triple M. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Yes. It's Get Ready Day. It's Get Ready Day today. What are we getting ready for? The the election or just anything and everything? Well, I'm glad you asked, Greg. If you will allow me to take my regular weekly segment here to make an announcement. I am getting ready to do a new show here on CJOB. And I want people to get ready for connecting Winnipeg with Hal Anderson. It starts on Monday, September 27th, 10 to noon, that iconic talk show time slot here on CGOB. The hours have changed a bit over the years, um, but that spot on CGOB, hosted by greats like Peter Warren in the past, Charles Adler, my friend Jeff Courier, our friend Jeff Courier, and now me, starting on the 27th, one week from this coming Monday, and I am honored to be following you guys weekday mornings here on CGOB. That's it. That's my big announcement. That's Congratulations, Al. Yeah, Congratulations. I'm wishing Thank I had you. one of those applause buttons. Like, I'm hitting my keyboard like as if I automatically have a clappy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank and you. I am, wild. I am pumped, man. I am so excited about this, and um, I, you know, it's funny because as you get, and I'm, you know, 57. As you get into life, later in life, you get comfortable, right? And you know, I love doing radio in the afternoon. I, I really enjoy it. I love it a lot. But this was just an opportunity that I, I couldn't at least put my hand in the air and say, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, not thinking that they would necessarily uh, want me, uh, but my wife Jackie, who is always on Team Hal, I say this all the time, uh, even when I doubt myself, she always believes in me, and she said, you've got to tell them that you want to do this, and I did, and, and now I'm going to be able to do it, and I'm just really excited about it. I'm sorry I'm getting emotional. That's all right, Hal. I think that's one of the things that connects you with the listeners, the way you do your honesty, the way you share your personal experiences, connect with folks on the phones. And I think that uh, this is going to be a big part of what you're doing from 10 till 12. You mentioned the great names of the past. In this time slot, you're going to be taking more phone calls. Yes, and and that's honestly what I am most excited about. Um, that, you know, in the afternoons when I'm on, I get text messages and emails, and, and your show doesn't allow for a lot of phones. This is the talk show, right? And it has been for many years on CJOB. Uh, and this will be the opportunity. And I want to talk to the newsmakers. I want to uh, talk, uh, you know, do those great interviews. I'm going to keep my personality. It's still going to be how. I'm, I'm still going to do it my way, but we're going to talk about the big stories. And then I can't wait to talk to people because... Um, the phones, I think, are going to be a huge part of this. And, and that's why the name, Connecting Winnipeg, uh, because uh, it is all about connection. And, and uh, while I might have an opinion on something, I, I want to hear your opinion. And we'll still do text messages and emails, um, but this will be an opportunity for people to call in and have a conversation about 
what matters to them. I'll give you some suggestions. I'll have some interviews and some topics and some opinions, but then I want to hear from from people as well. And and that's why we're calling it Connecting Winnipeg. Um, and listen, you know, no perimeteritis here. We want Manitobans to be involved, obviously. Um, uh, but uh, we. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, what a great name for a show. When one of my regular guests, and guys, you had her on your show in the afternoon, Carolyn Klassen, who says we're wired for connection, right? That's kind of her tagline. Carolyn and Cyrus Dirksen have both agreed to join me on the new show from 10 to noon, and we'll have some new stuff, and we'll do some old stuff, and it's just going to be... And and truly, uh, to follow you guys, as you know, I listen to you every morning, um... I love your show. You've got everything I need. You've got the news. You've got uh, great interviews. You've got personality. And then I get to take what I, I, you're going to hand me the ball and I'm going to run with it. And we're going to talk to people about the big stories of the day. So I'm, I am just so excited about this, guys. I, I can't wait to get going. It's re-energized this old dog. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I love radio and I love connecting with people. And we're going to do it every weekday from 10 to noon. So thanks for letting me take my segment here today to announce the big news. I'm just really, really excited to to announce this. And I, I now I can't wait. It's coming on, on Monday, September 27th, Connecting Winnipeg with me, Hal Anderson. Do you have to get up any earlier in the morning? Because you're up pretty early as oh, it yeah. is, right? You had to you had to bring that up, yes. <laughs> uh, remember when I told you that, uh, you know, you get old and you get comfortable? I'm That's probably going to be the biggest challenge for me because I will need to get up earlier and not just need to, I'll want to because mm-hmm. I like to be prepared and I want to listen to what you guys are doing and I want to have some ideas and, and you know, I'm going to have to be working the phones earlier, trying to line up some guests, you know. Yeah, it's, it, I'm going to be up, <laughs> probably going to... Maybe a little later than you guys, but I'll be up early. And so, yeah, that that you know, that's part of it too, right? You go, boy, you know, things are pretty good right now. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm liking this. And 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 let me just can I just say one more thing? I have to thank Brent Williamson, who decided it was the right thing to bring me back to CJOB. So I have to thank him because none of this would be possible without his belief in me. And then I've got to thank Heather Steele now for uh, saying. You're the man. You're, you're the guy. You're going to do this for us. And so her belief in me uh, is touching as well. And and I'm not going to let her or Brent or, or, or you guys or anybody down. We're going to do a great show together. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, but we're going to talk about the stuff that matters. And your opinions matter, and I want to hear them. If you uh, were thanking Jackie earlier, and you did, your wife, for encouraging you to throw your hat in the ring, Hal, for this time slot, Maybe we should put her in charge of being your alarm clock, too. Sounds like she could light a fire under you there to get you up a little earlier. You know what? Probably not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, probably not a bad idea. I'm I'm surprised she hasn't stuck her head in the uh, home studio here and said, Are you crying on the radio again? (laughs) Knock it off, you big suck. (laughs) Good morning, Jackie, from all of us. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, Hal. We can't wait. Uh, Connecting Winnipeg with Hal Anderson. It starts Monday, September 27th. But in the meantime, Hal Anderson Afternoons, 1230 to 3. Yep. So make sure you tune in to Hal this afternoon and then for sure on September 27th. Hal, congratulations. Thanks, guys. Great news.
And Hal, by the way, has this afternoon, he has a tickets and treats pass for two from Landmark Cinemas and a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza. And make sure you follow him on social media as well. He always posts his uh, Hal's Morning Quickie. Uh, so if you like the uh, the jokes, you know, he posts a joke every morning. Usually, I mean, like lots of solid groaners. So if you like groaner jokes, Hal's the best place to go to find those on a daily basis. And again, the new show starts on the 27th. Mackling McGarry and McNabb in the wake of the death of Norm MacDonald, comedian Norm MacDonald. We are celebrating comedy today by asking you to tell us a joke. We have two tickets up for grabs for the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony featuring the new sounds at the Centennial Concert Hall this weekend. The tickets are for Sunday's show. And uh, so many good jokes and so many good groaners and puns. A couple of animal ones here. Garth says, what do you call a cold penguin? A bird. (laughs) I liked that one too. Or Cliff says, every zoo must have at least two panda bears and three grizzlies. It is the bear minimum. (laughs) <laughs> like these uh, people are writing right for me you know yeah just the, the nonsense pun then they lo- well they know you love the puns so they, <laughs> they go out of their way uh but loren do you see this one here about uh three strings go into a bar yeah and this reminded me of norm because it's a bit long and as i was reading i was like where is this going <laughs> what's the punchline gonna be so bear with me three strings go into a bar string says to bartender can i get a beer for me and my buddies Bartender says, sorry, we don't serve strings. Second string approaches bartender and says, hey, I'd like a beer for me and my buddies. Bartender says, hey, I told your buddy we don't serve strings. Third string says to his buddies, hey, no worries, I got this. He gets himself all weaved and twisted around and fluffs up the ends, struts up to the bartender and says, three beers, please. Bartender looks at him and says, hey, I told your other two buddies we do not serve strings. You are a string, aren't you? No, he says. I'm afraid not. <laughs> afraid not. Get it? Afraid. F R A Y E D not. K N O T. Afraid not. I'm afraid not. Oh, God. Very wonderful. Good. But it is the runner up, yes? It's the runner up, yeah. the winner. Uh, and we are, we are absolutely playing favoritism on this one. But you know what? Who cares? It's our well, contest. Well played. <laughs> Well played by this individual. Why did the radio DJ cross the road? To see J-O-B. Yes! Yes! (laughs) A customized joke. A customized groaner. How do you get better than that? (laughs) Congratulations. You're the winner. You get the tickets for the symphony. Thank you to all who shared so many amazing, hilarious jokes. It's been a great morning. As one of our listeners said, thank you for the jokes. It's helped cutting into election fever. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start, and we thank you for all the jokes that you shared. We asked you to tell a joke because we're celebrating comedy today with some sad news about Norm Macdonald. We learned yesterday uh, that he had died, so we were asking you to tell us jokes like Kathleen, who says a huge pile of Charmin fell on me at the grocery store yesterday. I'm okay, I just have some soft tissue injury. 
Uh, so we, <laughs> so oh boy. we've just been laughing ourselves silly this morning, but indeed, Norm Macdonald, the sardonic comedian from Quebec, who rose to stardom on Saturday Night Live, has died after a prolonged battle with cancer. He was 61. Macdonald's management team confirmed his death in a statement to Deadline and Variety on Tuesday. They said he'd been quietly dealing with the cancer diagnosis for nine years. So as the tributes pour in in terms of what Norm meant to comedians and just people who love to laugh all over the world, we've also been sharing some of his best bits or jokes. He, of course, spent a season writing for Roseanne before landing a role on Saturday Night Live as a cast member in 1993. He then became a fixture as host of SNL's Weekend Update segment for three seasons and then stayed with the cast until 1998. He was also known for doing impressions of various celebrities, including Burt Reynolds, whom he played opposite Will Ferrell's Alex Trebek in Celebrity Jeopardy. And finally, back again, Burt Reynolds in a commanding lead with $14. Hey, Hey, uh, check out the podium. Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. Yeah, that's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. Great. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's a funny name. McDonald was a popular guest on late night talk shows, including David Letterman and Conan O'Brien. Yeah, some of his highlights are from the Conan show. So if you're looking for anything associated video wise, uh, that's a great place to start. Many pictures circulating on social media with Norm and Winnipeg Jets merchandise. I'm deciding to go with the notion that Norm was also a Jets fan. I think he was really a Montreal Canadiens fan. Dean Jenkinson is a longtime Winnipeg comedian. He is now the executive director of the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Welcome back to the start, Dean. Hi, pleasure to be back. And Pat Dussault is a Montreal comedy writer who wrote for Norm at Just for Laughs and for the Canadian Screen Awards. Pat is also part of the Winnipeg Comedy Festival's writing team. Good morning to you, Pat. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate you taking the time and sharing some thoughts. Pat, why don't we start with you? Canada has produced some of the funniest comedic actors, comedy writers, stand-up comedians anywhere on the planet. Where does Norm Macdonald fit on that list? I mean, it's. I think comedy is super subjective to the person listening to it. But for me, I mean, I think he's right at the very top of, of stand-ups that we've ever produced and of of comedic minds to come out of this country, for sure. And why is that, Pat, in terms of, like, what what is it for you, if it is a subjective thing, and of course it is for everyone, what did you like about his style? Uh, I mean, for me, with Norm, it was just that combination of so smart and dark and uh, irreverent. I mean, and, and, and that's the thing. He wasn't a one-trick pony. And so, you know, whether he was feeling sort of, you know, impish and, and mischievous and just sort of silly with, with some of his observations, or then it could be a real long walk, like that wonderful bit, the moth joke that he did on Conan. Um, and I think also just the, the, the confidence and the authenticity of his voice. He never, he's not, he's never trying to put on a persona or be uh, what the audience, what he thought the audience wanted. It was always, you know, 100% driven by, not just I think this is funny, I know that this is funny, and, and sort of defiantly sometimes even telling the audience if they didn't like a joke that basically they're wrong, you know? <laughs> I, I, I just love that. Now, Dean, how would you describe, if you can, Norm's presentation style? I mean, I agree with everything Pat said. I mean, a lot of comics will timidly go up and, and sort of, they're not asking this question directly, but their approach is, do you think this is funny? And Norm was just like, this is funny. And if you don't find it funny, 
that's not my problem because I know this is funny. There was always something Norm would do on stage that would surprise you. There was it was never you would never say I know where this is going. I know where he's headed with this. I see what his angle is. If he if he presents his angle to you, it's because uh, he's 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 drawing you in. Uh, and it's it was it was just a magical thing to watch. He had total command of his craft. Yeah, there was always a, a sleight of hand in play, and uh, if you, if you got too far ahead of it, uh, you were going to be sadly disappointed. I think, Pat, for some of our listeners, they might not know that Norm. Uh, graduated high school at 14, and uh, as I understand it, he enrolled at Carleton University at the age of 16. Everybody you listen to says what a smart guy he was. You worked with him one-on-one. Was it, was he was he that brilliant? Uh, yeah, on a couple of levels, because, you know, just when you're hanging out or when we were working with him and, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't necessarily on, but he was a very thoughtful uh, sincere guy. And, and so you could have, you know, conversations about anything, you know, politics, sports, parenting. And, and he was just coming at it like, you know, a, a person really thinking about what you said and, and, and offering something thoughtful in terms of the comedy. I can just tell you that, you know, uh, you, he would, he would be very quick to tell you how much he liked the joke and you could write, you know, a set or jokes for him, which we do and that he loved. And then the next day, though, his instincts would kick in and he'd see things that even though they were funny, what could be better? And so we'd end up often rewriting, you know, bits three, four times. And even by the time we were done, he'd do a final pass and and turn it into something that was so much funnier and cleaner and more brilliant than anything the rest of us could ever conceive. And so I think just that combination of his intellectual brain and his comedy brain you know, goes beyond anything, you know, educational. I think that's just a, a testament to his incredible intelligence. We're speaking right now with Pat Dusso, a Montreal comedy writer who wrote for Norm Macdonald at Just for Laughs and for the Canadian Screen Awards. And of course, Dean Jenkinson, a longtime Winnipeg comedian. And Dean, we talk about the confidence that you'd see with him. How hard is that? You know, that, that idea to go on stage and say, I know I'm funny. Everyone struggles with things in life where they, they think they're good at something, but they're not always sure to have that kind of, I guess, not just confidence, but I don't care if you like my joke or not. Is that unusual in your line of work or is that the way to succeed? I mean, it, it is the way to succeed to be fearless, but it's, it's easier said than done, obviously, mm-hmm. to just say, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to do what I do. You know, my Facebook uh, feed is filled, filled with uh, colleagues, fellow comedians who have worked with him, who say things like, you know, Norm made comedians laugh harder than any other comedian in history. And stories of him going on stage, uh, not wanting to do his act, because, he's, he, you know, he has heard his act a, a bunch of times. So he would go on stage and he would do something that he knew he had no control over just just to provoke the audience in kind of that Andy Kaufman way. He'd go up and he would do his act in the voice of another comedian that he works with just to make everyone else laugh and to confuse the audience. And the fact that people were confused by it, I think, is something that tickled him immensely. And there's, there's a fearlessness that you're born with. That's part of your personality if that's the kind of thing that tickles your fancy. And, you know, he used it to uh, his full advantage because... Being brave on stage is something we all aspire to, and actually being brave is is a far different thing. 
Dean, you mentioned the uh, the moth joke. Uh, we we all loved that. We played some of that this morning, and I uh, was watching another one. He told a similar joke about a man from Quebec, which had uh, an equally groany punchline. But both of the, the both of those journeys, watching these long, convoluted, ridiculous jokes, uh, was such a joy. Just because he's Norm Macdonald and you just could not, like even Conan O'Brien is just sitting there kind of giggling to himself. If anybody else was telling these jokes, you might think like, are we getting somewhere here? But with Norm, that was part of the fun was just watching him do his thing. Is that kind of like, I would imagine that's probably what many comedians, if not all comedians want is to just have people laugh at you just because you're you. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a certain uh, charisma or personality that uh, some people are born with, and you know, it's just that it, it's just that it factor. I mean, Norm is probably at the very top of the list of talk show guests. You know, Letterman loved to have him on, Conan loved to have him on. I believe Carson had him on while Carson was still around. Uh, you know, anybody who could get Norm in the chair across from him knew that there was. That was a segment they didn't have to worry about. They just had to ride the wave. Pat, last night I rewatched the comedians in cars having coffee with Norm and, and Jerry Seinfeld, of course. And, you know, they're, they do their thing. They're at a diner and they're out for coffee. And just, just treating barbs, things that, that wouldn't normally be funny, but just in their own way because of the two people involved. Like, you know, Norm didn't have his coffee cup on the saucer. And Jerry says, you, what have you got against the saucer? And, you know, that just starts and promotes a whole thought process there. And then at one point, Norm says, uh, holy crow. And Jerry says, did you just say holy crow? Just those different things, not major, but it just evoked a, a certain emotion and, and thought-provoking somehow, some way. Yeah, you know, again, I think it's just he always seemed to be game, you know, and and he he had a great emotional intelligence, from my view, in the sense of being able to spot what what I don't know what the what the situation called for and whether that was to be sort of a little S disturber in a moment, just like a like that little impish grin that you'd see on a on a 10 year old who knows he's pulling a fast one or whether it was something uh, more thoughtful or, 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 uh, as I said, a, a long walk. I think that, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's just sort of how his brain works. And I think that he had a, a, a great, great affection and reverence for comedy and show business in general. And so I think that what you're seeing in those, those little moments with, with Jerry Seinfeld or to Dean's point about what a great talk show host it is. I, I think he just, for a guy who simultaneously really just lived by his own terms and performed by his own terms, just had such an incredible understanding and respect for the medium he was in. And you could see he was just reveling in the joy of, of being part of it. Winnipeg Comedy Festival starts October 5th. Dean, you'll join, come back and join us again? I'd love to, anytime. All right, so we've got Pat Dussault, Montreal comedy writer who wrote for Norm at Just for Laughs and the Canadian Screen Awards. Pat is also part of Winnipeg Comedy Festival's writing team. And Dean Jenkinson, longtime Winnipeg comedian, now the executive director of the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. Oh, Thanks thank for you having me. me. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. And it's time to say hello to the one, to the only, Jim Toth. Hi, Jim. Greetings, salutations. How are we? How is everyone? Great. What's going on? 
Good to have you back. <laughs> Did you? Like like I own the station. Good to have you back. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jim. Did you get at that golf tournament a piece of flapper pie? I'll move oh. on. Oh, my no, goodness. Please, move I'll on. Move on. Your commitment to this joke. It is a commitment. It yeah. is. Well, and I, that's interesting you say that because commitment is what Norm MacDonald had. Yeah. And this is, I, I, I don't know, I was just talking in the newsroom about this. This struck me yesterday. Like, it it just, I, I, I wasn't a massive fan, but, I mean, as a Canadian and followed him since a kid. And then I, I just went down the YouTube um, uh, rabbit hole, like I think most people did yesterday, with back to the early 90s when I was in college and watching him on Weekend Update and everything else. So it just... It's so sad. Like, it's so sudden because he was so private about it. And then just the, the body of work that he had and his, um, like they all said, all the big name comedians, all of them said his willingness to risk, which basically is what comedy is. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a local connection here. A former colleague of mine, Rick Ralph, had him on uh, one of his shows back years ago when he was in town touring about his book. And they connected. Um, they, Norm thought he was funny, so much so that he came down and watched him uh, do a show, uh, a post game of the Jets game. They had a cold one together, and they connected. And and Norm McDonald became a real Jets fan from that um, really? time here. So I'm going to go down and uh, talk with Rick Ralph about that. He's going to tell us a story about how they connected, and then how he. There's photos of him at the Comedy Store in New York with David Spade and stuff like that in, in a Jets hoodie. Like he just became a big Winnipeg Jets fan. So mm-hmm. we're going to have that local connection on it. We're also going to uh, touch base with this whole um, uh, salary going up report that came out this morning and the fact that inflation is also going up. We're going to have a segment on that. And then Apple has had to launch the patch for security reasons. Mm -hmm. And you all know how technically advanced I am. I just got rid of my BlackBerry on the weekend. (laughs) Did and you I really? have I have a new phone, so we're not going to discuss that. I will with the listeners, and they can call me ancient. Um, but I got new technology, and ironically, as you're listening to right now, here I go again down that road where I'm 97 years old going, where do you turn this thing on? <laughs> I got to reply to this text, and I so keep you, sending it to my mom. So you get an iPhone, and two days later, they issue this patch warning. Well, see, that's what the thing. what did, did you do, Tove? I didn't get an iPhone, but I was panicked. I was like, I just got this thing. Where's the remote? Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.